Nearly a year ago on this podcast, I explained in great detail why I was breaking up with Evernote after a decade of intense loyalty. Now, in just the last few weeks, I settled upon my replacement. But my productivity system has evolved to align to a new way of working that significantly reduces the need for tools like Evernote at all. This is the 5 a.m. Miracle, episode number 401, Replacing Evernote with DevonThink, my new productivity system. Good morning, I am Jeff Sanders, and this is the podcast dedicated to dominating your day before breakfast. Productivity can be fairly complex, and the systems that you build can be overwhelming, but they don't have to be. So today we'll simplify our systems to clarify what goes where, and especially why everything goes where it does. I have spent a lot of time over the last, we'll call it 10 years, thinking about not just productivity from the standpoint of checking boxes and getting big goals accomplished, but even more importantly, on the specific ways of getting work done or thinking about the systems behind the work. How do you organize your tasks? How do you manage a large project? How can you take the overwhelming, very daunting amount of work you may have and break it down to not just simplistic daily tasks or individual things to do, but systems that when you look at them, they make sense to you. You understand them. They align to the way that you think and want to work every day. From that perspective, I had to make a lot of changes in my life last year when I let go of one of the most important pieces of my system, which was Evernote. And I spent a lot of time back in November discussing in great detail exactly why that system no longer works for me. And that's still true today, which is why I'm bringing up this whole new conversation about where I am today in terms of project management, task management, calendars, inboxes. We're going to break down all of that, not just where I was, but where I am today and what that means for you in terms of designing your own ideal productivity system. So let's get to it. Once again, this is replacing Evernote with Devin Think, breaking down my new productivity system And let's just get to the beginning, which is going back to what I used to do. Now, what I used to do and what I do today are still very similar, but there are some key distinctions, some changes, some upgrades that I've made that will actually help to simplify your systems as well so that you know what you're working on now and everything else can be set aside for later or just deleted forever. So my productivity system is broken down into five core components, and we'll break down first what I used to do and then discuss exactly what has changed for the new system. And so let's begin right away with number one, which are the inboxes. These are the places where you get input from outside sources. So we'll discuss what it means to get an idea for yourself or your own input. But inboxes primarily are designed to collect ideas, thoughts, notes, mail, messages, all of these things from outside sources. And that would include your email inbox, your physical mailboxes, your desktop, uh, phone calls or voicemails, text messaging, social media messaging, comments, all of those components as well. So what you end up with is a variety of ways to collect data. And it's your job to process that data and figure out what to do with it. And for most of us, this is where we get overwhelmed right away because there's so much input. 
Like, forget your own ideas. There is so much coming in from outside sources. We have to have a way to manage what all of these things are and then figure out what do we do with it and how is that processed. In terms of tools for me or systems of ways of managing this, uh, the very first thing that I have is Postbox on my Mac, which is my email manager. And I, of course, love to adhere to my inbox zero philosophy. So I make sure that I process every single message every single 24 hours. Um, Normally, I get to inbox zero throughout the day frequently, but the goal is always to process every single message within 24 hours or less. So for me, managing input really aligns to that philosophy in all these various inboxes, not just email, but through everything else as well. I also use my iPhone in terms of collecting messages and data, and once again, processing voicemails and texts at least once every 24 hours. So this system has not changed for me. It's what I've done for years, as what I'll continue to do going forward, which is having very clear ways of managing the inputs that come in and then systems that allow me to process those inputs once a day and figure out where those things go, make a decision, and then move on. If you don't have that kind of, I'll call it discipline, or a diligence to a system in that capacity, I mean, once every 24 hours to fully process these inputs, if you don't have that, things will add up quickly. Just this morning, I was looking at Instagram, and one of my friends that I follow was showing how she has 9,300 emails that she wanted to process this weekend. That's a lot of emails, and that's actually pretty small compared to some inboxes that I've seen that could have as much as 100,000 unread messages or more. I don't want to see you in that position. So I want to see you to be in a place where you are organized enough and disciplined enough to say for every single input source in my life, for every inbox that I have, there's a system, a protocol, a way to manage what comes in so you don't ever get to that point of feeling extraordinarily behind or overwhelmed with what's coming in. As long as that's managed well, you should be okay in terms of the inbox area of your productivity system. But now let's get to number two which is your calendar. The calendar is going to be the core place to manage all of your time-specific activities. Now, these are activities or events or meetings or things in your life that really are managed by the time they start and the time they end. And your calendar will be dictated by those specific types of activities, which is different from a task that is important but is not actually specifically time-bound, which we'll get to next. So for my calendar, I manage probably 95% of what goes on in my life on my, my Mac calendar. So the default one that comes on any Apple Mac computer. I also use Google Calendar specifically because most people want to send me a Google Calendar invite for a lot of events. And so I have that set up to synchronize back to my Mac calendar. But all of those things are managed in one location And so I guess technically iCloud is where I manage my Mac calendar. Um, And that's where all this input comes in to manage my events. I also, for my podcast and my business meetings, use a system called Acuity, which is an online calendaring system. So someone can schedule a meeting on my calendar and that will then synchronize back to my main iCloud Mac calendar. So every single calendar input ultimately ends up in one location that I can check on my phone or my, my computer. This allows me to be very diligent about what my events are, how my time is going to flow, and making sure that I fully understand what every day looks and feels like 
knowing full well that my life is a puzzle and I'm always trying to reorganize these things to make sense for me. But for me, the calendar is probably the epicenter of my life. It is the most important aspect of knowing what I'm doing, when I'm doing it, and hopefully why I'm doing those things as well. And I've organized my calendar in the past in a variety of ways, but the way that I've used it the last few years feels like the most intelligent way to use the calendar, which is it's just the big stuff, the big, important, time-bound events and activities and meetings that need to be there that are very important, the things that I do not want to miss or cannot miss without a great consequence. But not everything is on the calendar that matters, which brings us to number three which is your task manager. The task manager will manage tasks and possibly events, but usually just individual things to do that are less time sensitive or don't require a time at all, but you still want to get it done at some point. This could be things like phone calls, reminders of things to do around your house, daily habits, chores. Um, I actually use my task manager also as an inbox for my own ideas. So we discuss inboxes as number one with things like an email that might come in or a phone call that might come in. But there are a lot of inputs that are self-generated, your own ideas, your own thoughts, things that you want to write down for later. For a lot of people, this could be a post-it note. It could be a legal pad that you jot down a note on. It could be the random note app on your phone. I find these things and tools like that to be useful, but they're not comprehensive enough. They're not a central location to record something where you know you're going to process it, once again, once every 24 hours. So I use a tool called Nosby, which is my task manager. I've used it for years, and it is my dedicated task manager. It is the place that I make sure that I manage all the tasks that matter to me, and especially as an inbox for those new ideas. So throughout the day, if I get an idea, I will open Nosby on my phone, write the idea down as a task, and then I process all those tasks at least once a day and will then at that point delegate where that task would end up. So it could be scheduled for a future date. It could drop into a a list to look at later. It could be deleted if it's no longer necessary. But ultimately, every single idea that I record in that system is synced to the cloud, it's available on my Mac, on my phone, and I can look at it and process it every single day. And that allows me to never forget anything, which is extremely important with productivity, but also allows me to ensure that I have a system where I know I can record every single idea I have, and I can process that idea at least once a day so nothing is forgotten and everything is processed. And one other tool that I use that's related to calendars and task managers is a new system that I added a few months ago, which is a simple dry erase board on my desk in my home office. And so in the morning, I will write down my top three goals for the day. And this has become a really essential part for my day to remind me every morning what matters today and making sure that those three things are completed. Now, that list of three things could be a combination of events and tasks. It's not specific to any kind of certain type of activity. It's just a reminder to me that these are the three most important things to get done today. And as long as those three things are managed well, then today will be successful. So I am defining success for myself every morning by saying these three things are going to happen today. And I don't want to do anything else that's less important until these three things are done. 
This has been a big shift for me because in the past, I just relied on my calendar and my task manager to kind of remind me of what mattered, but it wasn't as intentional as having this dry erase board has become because every single day I get to reset what matters, reset my priorities, really reestablish that today matters and here's why it matters. And here are the three things I'm going to be doing and what has happened recently, which is kind of interesting, is that I have noticed that I've written down things that don't feel like these are the most important today. And so I'll go through and reevaluate and I'll erase things and change them and make them better. And that gives me the chance to redefine success every single day to make sure that what I'm spending my time on really does matter. And this is important if you are in control of your calendar, in control of your life, that you are intentional about what you spend your time on, which because that's going to determine how much you get done, what actually is accomplished, if your goals ever get done or not, how overwhelmed you feel or don't. All of these things are dictated by the choices that we make every single day. So having the chance to reevaluate just once a day could be enough to reset what matters and get those things done. What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with my sponsor, Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. The fourth area of my productivity system is the cloud storage area. So it's your online Dropbox for what I call just archived content. So this could be old documents, files, spreadsheets, videos, um, anything that you're not currently working on necessarily, but that you need access to either now or long into the future. So for me, this usually includes documents, spreadsheets, some old project files. Um, for the podcast, I've got old MP3s of audio I've recorded. And all these things for me are managed primarily in Google Drive. So I use Google's system that was called G Suite that's now called Google Workspace, which is the business way to organize emails, online documents, and a number of other digital tools. And so for me, everything is managed in that one location. And I even have another system called Spanning that backs up the entire Google Drive system. So if I ever get locked out of Google Drive, I have another location to log into to still access all of my stuff. And I'll have a link to that in the show notes this week as well. And then the third piece that I use for online storage is just Dropbox for my shared documents. 
you know, one aspect of Google Workspace or G Suite that I don't like is it's kind of difficult to share content outside of your business structure. Um, they do that for security, but it makes it kind of hard to share content. So I use a Dropbox account just to make it very simple to send a link to someone to share content. Uh, there's a variety of ways to store online files. So I'm not making the argument these are the two best systems with Google Drive and Dropbox, but Google Drive probably is the best. And it's a really efficient system to synchronize between your computer and your phone and have access to everything you need and has amazing email capabilities. So there's a lot to say about it. Uh, But at the end of the day, you need a place to put your files, your folders, your important content that you want to archive long term so that you can organize your life in a way that you can come back to at any time. And it's searchable and you can find things you need. And it's essentially a Dropbox for all of your old stuff. And you don't have to be as diligent about what goes in there because it's fairly easy to store a ton of content without having the fear of using too much space or losing things. Which then brings us to the final piece, number five, which is the note-taking application, or really the heart and soul of today's content, which is my old system of Evernote. So what I have used as the tool of Evernote was done for note-taking, or really an inbox for self-generated ideas, notes, research, projects, tasks, data, and all kinds of other things as well. Evernote is a catch-all for anything you really don't know what to do with, or it could be. The way I used to use it was that it was an inbox mostly for my random ideas, website clips, articles. Um, I used it for podcast scripting. I had all kinds of random things that were in Evernote, And for years, it felt like a really good solution. So then last year, when Evernote basically shut down for me because they changed their system in so so many ways I did not like, and I left them, it gave me the chance to reevaluate, to ask myself, well, what is going on here? What do I want to do with my systems now if Evernote is no longer on the table? And so I've actually really enjoyed the chance to go back and rethink my systems because I believe that they are more efficient today than they've ever been, which we'll get to in a minute. But I want to back up just a second and review for for you if you have not heard the episode on why I left Evernote, which was episode number 368 of this show. I'll break down, at least for now, a couple of the core reasons why Evernote didn't work for me anymore, which would help to clarify what I'm using today and how that is a better system. So the first core thing with Evernote that did not work for me was they removed probably dozens of core functions uh, that their primary users depended upon. Um, Lots of customization potential was just destroyed, just (laughs) eliminated. It was gone forever. Um, A lot of... uh, the classic note links I used to use to synchronize between other uh, applications was gone. Lots of different ways to organize content was simplified, but in a way that removed the comprehensive abilities that I preferred to organize my stuff. The second big reason why I really didn't like Evernote and and the shift that they made was it really felt like a beta product that had gone public too soon. And so it felt like a a test that someone had just made live for everyone and nothing was really working the way it should. It was very buggy, lots of features that were removed that were never going to come back. And it felt as though someone had just kind of pulled the rug from under me and and that wasn't going to work for me long term. And then the final piece was that they made us a shift to a new system that was more simplistic for them as the developers of the application, but that really made it very difficult for the end user to get what they wanted and to be able to customize forever going forward. 
All that to say, if you want to hear the full breakdown of that, once again, episode 368, I will give you my full kind of emotional reaction to that change. Uh, I'm much more dramatic in that episode there. Uh, But all that to say that a note-taking application like Evernote can still be a great solution. In fact, I would argue that the way Evernote is designed today could still work for you depending on how you want to use it. Which brings me to what I'm doing today and what a note-taking application really could be. So when Evernote no longer worked for me, I wanted to research replacements as quickly as possible. And I looked through dozens of them. Everything from Microsoft OneNote, Google Keep, Basecamp, Monday.com, Asana, Trello, Jira, Zoho, Notion, Notejoy, Bear, Apple Notes, Obsidian, Roam, ClickUp, and a whole lot more. This list goes on and on and on because there are so many tools that exist today, which is great news, really great news that you are not bound to one particular developer or application or system. One of the best parts about kind of this breakdown I'm doing today is that what I'm talking about here are not tools. They're philosophies. They're they're overall universal principles of how productivity can work. It's one of the reasons why that I really love David Allen's approach of getting things done is that David Allen's approach to productivity is based upon philosophies, not tools. It's based upon the universal principles of how we all tend to get things done, and the tools can come and go. We can change those out as needed. So today is actually a lot less about leaving Evernote for Dev and Think and a whole lot more about what your system truly is and what it means to you and how you can get the most from it. So even though I listed off a, a couple of dozen different tools here that I looked at, the reason why that's important is because there are so many different ways to customize a system that works for you, that aligns to the way that your brain functions. Because one of the key things about any good system is that you want to feel natural. That when you open that application up and you begin to use it, you think to yourself, yeah, this is me. This is the way that I want to work. This makes sense to me. I can use it. I can update it. I can get a lot of value from this. And if your system you're using is clunky or confusing or overwhelming or buggy, it's not a good system and needs to be changed. Maybe not today, but sometime in the future, all of these tools and systems need to be reevaluated so that you end up with an ideal solution for you long term. So let's go back to exactly why I chose Devin Think over Evernote or why I chose Devin Think over all those two dozen plus options I just listed. You know, on the surface, Devin Think is actually a lot more confusing than Evernote. When I first got this application, my initial reaction was, whoa, there's too much going on here, which is true. I think that Devin Think uh, gives a lot of potential to the user, lots of, of comprehensive customization and tools that you just cannot find in many other apps. But that's kind of scary at first. It's kind of daunting to want to say, well, how do I keep things simple when things are messy? The good news there is that once you get over this initial learning curve with it, you can customize Dev and Think in so many ways to eliminate the tools you're not using and have a very clean interface so you use it as you want to. Uh, The second big piece is that for me as a Mac user, I can use it on my Mac and iOS. Um, To date, Devin Think is not available on the PC that I'm aware of. So if you are a PC user, um, I do not actually have a great suggestion for you to replace Evernote with. I would love to say that I do, but 
because I don't use a PC myself, it would not be genuine for me to actually recommend something that is a really great solution. I think a lot of the ones I just listed off, those two dozen plus options, many of those could work. So try them. This is kind of the point of the whole conversation is decide how you want to operate and test these systems over time to find the one that's best for you. And of course, using the platform you prefer. Now, moving on with Devon Think, uh, the third thing I liked a lot about it was actually the similar interface to Evernote. So even though it's a little more comprehensive and has a few more buttons to click, the ultimate kind of visual of how the app looks and flows is very similar and there's different views you can choose from. So you're not actually beholden to that one specific way of using using the app. You can actually use quite a few different ways to view your content and dig through it without it being overwhelming. And the final piece here for why I chose DevonThink over Evernote is that DevonThink just works. It's not buggy. The developers are know what they're doing and they're working to improve it. Um, it feels like an application that's going to be around for a long time because it has been around for a long time. You know, Evernote made a dramatic shift in large part because their company's leadership changed over the last few years. And so whenever that happens, you're going to find yourself with a, you know, a product that's on the brink that it may stay where it is or it may not. Now, this happens all the time in the tech world, especially and so the problem here, the danger here, is that any tool that you love today could change overnight. That's always on the table, which is why, once again, it's so important to understand why you use these applications and what the options are available today, knowing that if the app that you love today changes and you don't like it, you can make a switch going forward and it won't be the end of the world. You'll still be able to function in an optimal and ideal way, even if you change the actual app itself. So now let's break down the specifics behind how I'm actually using DevonThink specifically in my system today. And the first part of that will be kind of how DevonThink is the same as Evernote. There's similarities here. Uh, the first and key part that I still use DevonThink for is an inbox for random longer ideas. So I mentioned earlier that Nosby is my go-to for random ideas throughout the day. And that's still true for small ideas. So a little task I want to record, um, something that's simple, and if I'm on the go and I'm out with no computer with me, but I have my phone, Nosby is a great solution. But if I'm in the office and I want to break down a longer thought or really be able to dump in a ton of ideas for something you know, on the fly, then I'll use DevonThink for that. This is what I used Evernote for for years. I would just create a new note and start typing. And it's a great way to be able to have that potential to say, I have an application that I'm just going to open and go and very quickly be able to format something that looks beautiful and has all the things that I want, which does bring me back to my previous point about why I chose DevonThink is formatting. Now, this is one thing I forgot to mention is that DevonThink has incredible potential to format your notes in lots of different ways. So Evernote, when they made the big change last year, they eliminated lots of potential for different types of fonts and colors and sizes, and they really forced you into a smaller box. And I don't like that. I'm kind of a control freak. I prefer to have the option to dig into content and customize it in a way that feels natural for me and be able to change that on the fly. And DevonThink has a ton of options for formatting. And so whenever I do create a random new idea in my inbox in DevonThink, I can do whatever I want with that idea. I can format it however I'd like to on the fly. And that has been really helpful in these last few months. 
The second thing that I'm doing that's the same between DevonThink and Evernote is that DevonThink is my project manager for my current projects. So I don't use traditional project managers. Now, I listed a few of those off before. Things like Asana and Basecamp and Monday.com. Those are traditional project management applications that, for the most part, are designed for teams. Now, I tend to work alone most of the time. So I'm looking for tools that I like for me that don't necessarily have the option for teamwork or delegation or sharing of content. So whenever I chose DevonThink as my solution, I was looking for something where I could organize my own thoughts and really manage a project fully in one location. Now, there's lots of ways to manage projects, and I'm not going to argue that DevonThink is the best solution here, but for me, it works. And once again, you want to find a solution that makes sense to you. So for me to have the options for lots of formatting and lots of customizations, this is a good solution for me for now. And the final component for what I'm using DevonThink for that's the same is I keep a list of all of my future projects. So the things that I'm going to be doing long term or next quarter or next month, I do have lists for all those as well, which really means that for me, DevonThink is a place for current projects and future projects as the primary function. Fast forward to the end of 2024 and think about your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should check out my sponsor, Babbel. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, and studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions, without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. So now let's get to how DevonThink is different than Evernote. And there are a few more thoughts I want to share on this one because these are some really important differences. The first is that the total number of notes that I use in DevonThink is very tiny compared to what I used to do in Evernote uh, for two reasons. First of all, when I used Evernote in the past, I had as many as 2,000 notes in that application without a really easy way to search through that content or to ever really need to use it. It became a dumping ground for a lot of random stuff that I was never planning to actually use. Which brings me to what I'm doing today with DevonThink, which is I am defining specific use cases for the types of notes that I allow into the system. And if it doesn't fit one of those types that I'm allowing, then I either move it somewhere else or I delete it immediately. Which means the total number of notes I have in DevonThink, I think right now is about 50, as opposed to 2,000 I had before. So keeping things very tiny allows me to be very focused on what it does for me and what it does not. 
Which brings me to the second difference, which is that I do not have any long-term storage in DevonThink. So my note-taking application is designed for current notes. This is really important. I want this to be a place where I have fresh ideas, new stuff, current stuff, future stuff. But if it's old, if it's archived or needs to be archived, it's going to go in a different system. So for me, that is Google Drive. So I'll convert a note from DevonThink and move it over to Google Drive and keep it there long term. It's still searchable, still accessible. I still have it, but it's not in the system that I want to use for what I'm doing now. And this is a big shift that I've made, probably the biggest shift in terms of my entire system in the last year is that I want a clear delineation between the Jeff Sanders who's doing things today and the things that I used to do. And if that line of sand is clear, then I always know what I'm doing now and I can ignore everything else. Just forget about it. If I want to review it, that's great. I love reviews, but I don't have to go that direction to be essentially overwhelmed with too much stuff to look at. Because this is the problem, is that if we allow a single system to be the catch-all for everything, well, then everything is there. And it's an exhausting process to be able to find what matters, to determine what is relevant now, because it all feels like it's important or none of it does. So your opportunity is to make that decision, to decide, does this matter now or not? Where should this go or not? And as you begin to clarify what that means then your systems become very clean and very simple and very direct. And then you can open an application that you fully understand, see what you expect to see, do the task and move on. So it's extremely efficient. It clarifies lots of things that in the past probably weren't clear. And that's the ideal of any great system is that it does what it's designed to do and nothing more. So along those same lines, the third kind of bigger change that I made in terms of what I was storing previously in Evernote that then I thought could be Devin Think, but then realized it didn't belong in either of those at all are website clips or bookmark links. I now use Chrome as the primary kind of default browser for everything I do. And I use the Chrome bookmark system as a way to organize a lot of the websites I frequently visit. Now, some of those links are in other places as well, but I want to have one like singular place for website links that matter. And primarily that would be the best system is your bookmark system in your default browser. So if we go back to this idea of me having 2000 plus notes in Evernote, a lot of those notes were just random websites, random website clippings that I had made that may have been important for a 10 minute time period five years ago. But then that link was no longer important a few minutes later, but I saved it for years. And this was the opportunity that I saw when I cleaned out Evernote was to assess like how much of this stuff actually matters now. And what I was really surprised by was how much content I just deleted forever. Didn't store it long term, didn't convert it to a current project, did not store as a future idea. I just let it go. And that is going to be the most freeing opportunity for you is to just let go of so much of what we keep, especially in the digital world where storage is virtually infinite. And that's a huge problem because we don't want to have infinite storage. We want to be very clear on what we keep and what we don't. So having said all of this, what I've come to determine is that my usage of DevonThink is a lot smaller of a footprint in terms of time usage than I frequently had before with Evernote, meaning that the amount of time I spend per day in DevonThink is actually very small. 
And that's a good thing because most of these tools we're not trying to spend eight hours a day working in. We're trying to figure out how to get to the thing that matters most, work in that arena for a very short amount of time, get the thing done, and then move on. And that level of efficiency can be achieved if the applications you've chosen have very specific use cases, you get the most value from it, and then you move on quickly. If your application has a lot going on, it's just going to be a place where you spend a lot of time that's wasted time. It's inefficient time. It's clunky time because there's just too much to comprehend. And all of this adds up to my final section for this week, which is what an ideal system could look like. And so I have four specific rules here that will help you to clarify hopefully a lot of what I just said this week so you can build your own ideal system. And the first point, and this is based on what I just said, which is that all-in-one systems or systems that are designed to do everything for you, they're terrible. <laughs> they just are. I've never found an all-in-one system that's worked for me. They have always failed. And they have failed because there are zero applications, zero all-in-one systems that will work for you in every way that they're trying to work for you. And the reason behind that is that you're not going to think the way that they think for very long. Even if you love the way a certain company has built an all-in-one system that does everything all in one box right here, very quickly, you're going to find a weakness. You're going to find an area where you are restricted, where you cannot customize, where you cannot do what you want to do, where you don't understand what they're trying to get you to do. And so the problem then is this attempt to build an ideal system based upon someone else's vision of your best system, it's not going to work for you. It may work initially. It's possible in the beginning to generate some ideas and to begin to see how you could function. Yes, in the beginning, that's possible. But I argue that almost immediately you're going to find some aspect of this all-in-one that doesn't work. So any all-in-one system, any productivity-based customized ideal solution for you is going to be one that's ideal and customized for you. Which brings us to number two, which is that the second key component of any great system is going to be based upon very specific and targeted applications. These are applications that specialize in just one thing. They do that one thing really well, and you learn how to use that tool to its fullest ability. Now, let's use the example here of Devin Think. It does a lot. It is trying to do a ton of things, which you would think is a counter argument to what I just said. But what I have decided to do with Devin Think is I have narrowed the field. Even though it can do a lot, I have chosen to only use a few of its actual core options. And the rest I'm ignoring. And this is another key component here. There are plenty of apps that will do quite a bit that you're never going to use. The goal is not to use all the things they offer. It's just to use the things they do best and get the most value from that. And then you move on and ignore the rest. And as long as that's in place, then you're going to have an, an email application that works really well for your email. You'll have a note-taking application that really does notes in a great way. You'll have an online cloud storage system that really functions the way you expect it to function. And when all these pieces are in place, then when you need to do something, you just do it. You go in, you get the work done, you move on, everything's clean, everything's simple. However, those simple systems will not be the same forever. They will change. Just like I made the switch from Evernote to something else, 
I will in the future leave DevonThink for something else because every system needs to be updated, needs to be retooled, reevaluated, and brought to the future technological options that exist in the future. So if you're hearing this episode years from now after I recorded it, I guarantee you I've moved on 100% because there's no system that I will ever use forever because all of them need to be rethought through to get me to where I want to be. Which brings us to the final point, which is that there is no ideal system. That all of this to say is that the ideal system is a myth. It's a fantasy. It's not actually how we function as people because we're messy. There's a lot going on in our heads, a lot of inputs, a lot of things to do, a lot of new apps to try. So I'm not arguing here that you will find yourself in a perfect new system and stay there forever. That just isn't how reality works. But the good news is those universal principles, they still apply. Those ways of operating that did 30 years ago and will 30 years from now, those things are still true. We're still going to need solutions for those bigger questions of what do we do with the inputs? How do we organize our ideas? How do we manage projects? Those core aspects will still be true years from now. And so to understand that on a philosophical basis will then allow you to make the best choice for the tools that exist in the future and how you want to operate in those environments. So to review these core systems one more time, you want to have a solution for all of your inboxes. You want to have a really great calendar for your time-specific activities, a really great task manager for kind of your random to-dos and reminders, a great cloud storage system to make sure that everything that you want to manage with your files and archived content long-term exists in the cloud and can be backed up and stored forever if possible. And then the final piece being your note-taking application so you can manage projects, notes, ideas, current things you're working on, future lists of ideas for later, and that's catch-all place to make sure you know what's going on in your life and can record new ideas on the fly when needed. If those five arenas are optimized for you with whatever tools and apps you want to use, then you're going to have a really good handle on how you get things done. And if it all sounds a bit overwhelming of a lot to tackle, just do one at a time, right? If you have 10,000 emails in your inbox right now, take it one at a time, right? No one's arguing here you need a solution overnight. These things have taken me 10 years to optimize, and this is what I do for a living. So it, it can be a challenge, but it is so worth the effort because as you clean these systems up, as you delete things, as you clarify what matters, it's exciting, it's fun to be able to see that potential because then you know that your time is being spent on better things and the results from that work will then begin to show up a lot faster because your systems are working for you because they clarify what matters. You get those things done and you get those results. Now, having said that, if you have a question about what I mentioned today, be sure to email me, jeff at jeffsanders.com. I'd be happy to clarify any of those areas for you or to help you to find the right tool for the job you're doing today. And for that great action step this week, simplify your digital productivity system. You don't have to do what I do or use the same tools that I do. But at some point, you will want to pare down your tools, apps, and databases to something that clarifies exactly what you do now and what can wait until later. And the sooner you make that call to a clear set of tools, the faster your goals will be accomplished. 
jeffsanders.com slash 401 is the place to go to get the episode notes. Also, go to 5ammiracle.com to join the 5am club and get free email updates about the show. That's all I've got for you here on the 5am Miracle Podcast this week. Until next time, you have the power to change your life. And the fun begins bright and early. Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and I'm here to tell you about Greg McEwen and his amazing show, The Greg McEwen Podcast, part of the Yap Media Network. Want to achieve more by doing less, all while avoiding burnout? You can design a life that really matters with Greg McEwen, author of New York Times bestsellers, Effortless and Essentialism. His mission is to help you advocate and negotiate your way to remarkable results. Every Tuesday, Greg discusses one key topic he finds interesting and valuable through the lens of the essentialist. Every Thursday, he invites thought leaders, entrepreneurs, celebrities, and people like you for inspired weekly conversations focused on learning how to do what matters first and do less but better. His content will stir your thoughts and spark inspiration and action. And his British accents, well, that's just the cherry on top. Subscribe to the Greg McEwen podcast today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.